The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! What's this news that you have that you're not telling me? What's the secret? There's something going on. And of course, I wasn't going to lie to him because I just think that would be a shitty thing to do. And I, I had planned to tell him, you know, he was one of the first people I wanted to tell anyway, just out of respect because I continue to work with him. And a lot of people say to me, why you don't owe him any information? You don't owe him anything. You know, you guys are split up. But I don't, I think that that's the problem and why people have a hard time maintaining cordial relationships with exes is because they don't like they can't be bothered to have a mutual respect to just think oh maybe it would be polite to let you know this person know something that's probably going to have somewhat of an effect on them Ooh, we got a good one for you today Caitlin Carter's on the show. We try to get a good one for you every time. Yes, we do. Caitlin Carter's good, too. You guys are going to like this episode because I feel like it shows a different side of her. If you watch her on the hills or you know her through Instagram, she really brings her full personality here. And she talks about her pregnancy must-haves, beauty tips, skin tips, all the things, the behind the scenes. She also talks about the hills, too, which is awesome. The best guests are the ones that come and just open up and have just normal conversations. You know, the worst is when you come in and you like have to dance around or there's PR involved and you can only talk about certain things. Like I love when guests come on and just like, let's shoot the shit and talk about anything. That's exactly what Caitlin just came on and did. Yeah, I think that this episode is one our audience is really going to Love. I was taking notes during it. She gave me some tips and tricks. A little backstory on her. She was an American blogger, which is how I initially met her story in a second. Television personality, entrepreneur, and socialite. Many of you may know her because she was married to Brody Jenner. Then her and Brody broke up and she drew a lot of attention because she started dating Miley Cyrus. Who? Miley Cyrus. Wrecking ball Miley Cyrus. And now she's in a new relationship. She seems super happy with Christopher Brock. He is a fashion designer. I actually met Caitlin back in the day, right when she started dating Brody. We met at Vandervoort in San Diego. We did this like really spooky Halloween shoot together. And I just remember meeting her and telling Michael, she is so down to earth. She's so nice and she's so kind. And she's still like that today. We actually ended up, I don't know if you know this, Michael, doing her blog, which was called The Western Wild. So I have this company called Blog Do with my partner, Erica Fashion Lush. And we got to make over her whole blog. It was super cute called The Western Wild. She turned it to Hamus Carter. And ever since then, and following along for the last couple of years, I've just seen her entrepreneurial side shine a lot. I am very excited to watch her become a mother And like I said, you're really going to like this episode. On that note, let's welcome Caitlin Carter to the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Do you remember the first time we met? Was it on the Vandevoort shoot? No, that was, well, blog do and Western Wild. Yes. I mean, I know that you, yeah, you designed my original blog. Yes. (laughs) And everyone was so obsessed and then we did a like random creepy photo shoot with <laughs> Vandervoort that was so much fun. The Halloween shoot where yeah. we were covered in fake blood. Or did they just do that in post? I can't remember. I remember there were speckles of blood all over us in the in the post. Yes. What kind of shoot was that for? It's a long story. I feel like you just have to, you can I think it's on my blog if you Google the skinny confidential Caitlin Carter, maybe Halloween. And you've been on the blog. I think so. Oh yeah. Yeah. This has been a long time coming. I'm so happy you're on the podcast now. You're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. Eight months. Yep. And how's it going? Honestly, how's it going? Yeah. Well, it's just very different from what I think I anticipated it would be. I had a little bit of a rough go at the beginning. I experienced something called prenatal depression, which is pretty much the exact same thing as postpartum, but it just happened in the first trimester for me. So... It was really bizarre and it was very confusing and upsetting to me because I had wanted to have a baby for so long and I was so excited when I found out I was pregnant. And then the hormones just sent me into this kind of downward spiral and I 
I've never really experienced, I thought I had experienced depression before. I've had anxiety almost my entire life on and off, but I, nothing really compared to this. And maybe this is something you can, can relate to, but it just felt to me like the best way I can describe it is that everything in the world turned to black and white. And there was nothing that could really get me to feel any better than just kind of a neutral line. Like I felt like I had no emotions. It was just like my personality disappeared. And the scariest part for me was not knowing how long that was going to last. Like if I was ever going to go back to feeling normal or feeling like myself. You know, I talked to my mom and she said to me, I know this is really hard right now, but I promise you when you get to 12 weeks, it's going to change. It's just like all of a sudden out of nowhere, your hormones rebalance and I know for some people with morning sickness in the first trimester, there are other symptoms and sometimes they last longer than the first trimester. But for me at 11 weeks, exactly, it just kind of went away and I felt so much more normal, which was a huge relief. And I also am keeping that in mind going into after the baby, because you're more likely to have postpartum if you had depression during pregnancy too. So I'm just kind of keeping that in mind, knowing like I'm going to probably feel like this again and just kind of remind myself that at some point it'll stop, you know, and I'll feel better again. If you get postpartum depression or anxiety, text me and we'll get you a little mushroom chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) That actually sounds like the best way to handle it that I've heard. Because I went into the experience with it thinking, why am I upset And when I was able to actually figure out why I was upset, I was able to move on. Mm -hmm. It's weird. And also, I think, too, when you're a new mom, it brings up all these emotions with your own mom. It's very weird. Whether they're alive or or dead or whatever, it just brings up stuff that you're not expecting. Mm -hmm. And you start to like kind of like reminisce on the past. It's weird. I don't know if that's for everyone. That was for me. Well, I definitely have experienced an already heightened sense of anxiety, which I feel from having spoken with so many of my girlfriends, I feel like it's pretty common because all of a sudden you've got a lot more responsibility and you've got another human that you're responsible for and have to worry about every little thing. So I already kind of am aware that that's going to be a thing. But I I don't mean to make this sound all negative because I also feel like I've had, aside from that experience at the beginning, I feel like I've had a very easy pregnancy and I feel generally really lucky that I have felt really good. You know, I mean, I never got sick, which I have to be really thankful for. And I don't know, but I do think it's also every step of it's been different from what I anticipated. So it's been kind of surprising. And even though everyone tells you all the things that to expect and kind of what you're going to experience, for some reason, I was like in denial that I was going to experience any of those. So when each thing, each phase of the pregnancy happens, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to end up having sciatica or like whatever symptom it might be. And then on the dot every time exactly when, you know, I'm like not the first person to be pregnant. But for some reason, I didn't think that all these things were going to I was going to be checking so many boxes. And I really have. I mean, it's it's sort of even though it's an individual experience, it seems like in reality, it, it is pretty universal. Like everyone has somewhat of a similar experience. I think you can be simultaneously upset about certain things during pregnancy and after, but also be grateful. I don't get this thing where we have to like only have one emotion that's just like yeah. gratitude. You can also, you know, be upset or emotional and but also be so happy that you're pregnant and you have a healthy pregnancy. I think that they're not necessarily intertwined. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I feel like people are beginning to talk about that more. I remember reading in the first few weeks that I was pregnant, I remember reading an interview with Shay Mitchell where she talked about how she wasn't the happiest pregnant person and that she had, she actually, I think, experienced some depression during pregnancy also. And I feel like it's becoming a more common conversation. And I think you're right. Just because you may not be the most comfortable or happiest pregnant person doesn't mean that it isn't totally worth it or that you're not still excited. Like you can have both of these emotions for sure. That is who I got my doula recommendation from. Really? And because she was so honest about that, that's why I wanted that doula because the doula helps you afterwards too. How is it filming First of all, I know filming a reality show is there's so much that goes into it. How is it filming a reality show, being pregnant and hiding it with your ex-husband? 
that's a lot of dynamic. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like, again, my relationship with him has, I don't know if it's just our personalities or what, but I feel like we had a fairly seamless split. Like we were very on the same page at the time that we decided to go our separate ways, which I think helped tremendously because it wasn't like one of us was really wishing that we were still together. It was, it was definitely a mutual decision. And so then filming, it, it really had more challenges. I feel like when Chris became my, my current boyfriend, baby daddy, when he began to film a bit with us, because initially the intention was never to have Chris film the show. Then of course, when I got pregnant, I knew we were going to be still filming when it was going to be, and it was going to become clear that I was pregnant and it wouldn't have made any sense to not for there to just be no guy and I'm pregnant all of a sudden. And I think at that point when we decided to have Chris on the show, that was not Brody's favorite thing. Like he didn't necessarily want to be working with my new person. Um, so I think things got a little bit more challenging then. And but you I, I watched the show. I love the hills. You were also having to film before this with whatever he was bringing around. Right. <laughs> he was bringing around like well, also, not, not, not even girlfriends. Let's not forget in between all of this, there's a lot going on in the tabloids with that other known person. There's like a million things going on in your life. So I can oh, see like, yeah. this is this is like it's not the most linear like picture no. path here. I feel I like you don't like have to... a lot of people to talk to about the situation. <laughs> you yeah. can't call a friend. Let, let, let's just say your puzzle's not um, the clearest puzzle. Like, there's a lot of pieces. No, it's been bizarre. I'll sometimes hear, oh my God, yeah. No, I know. I, yeah. The last time I saw you, that was all going on. Remember when you did I know, the Grove I remember thing. when I did Whitney's show yes, at in the Grove. Grove. And yes. then you, were you guys filming then or at break or what? We were not filming then. Because that was we wild too. We had just finished too. the first season. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then we we were supposed to start filming again in October of 2019. That was delayed. And then right when we started filming in 2020, the pandemic hit. Yeah, we saw you. right. I saw you right before the pandemic. And then that's when all that was going on. And then is now, it like bizarre to date these people that like people end up stalking you and following you like because of who you're dating? I mean, I just feel like it's it's a unique situation that you're in and it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, I think that I found myself, I think what's, what's most frustrating to me about it is sometimes hearing people say that I somehow like engineered this entire thing because I mean, I don't know, you'd ha I don't know what kind of a mastermind would be able to like plot this entire process, but I feel like there's no way but to have just fallen into it. And so it was really having not made any conscious effort to end up in any of those situations other than just meeting these people and having whatever connection, you know, it was very different with each person that I've been with. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not like I intended on being in these really complex situations. And all of a sudden, right, you've got everybody in the world chiming in on like who you are and what your intentions are and whether you're good enough or you're not good enough. or And you're just trying to balance your actual personal relationships with each of these people and not let any of that infiltrate. But I mean, I didn't really I, I am in a much better place, I think, being in a relationship that isn't in the spotlight like that, because it's so much easier without everyone's two cents or even being I mean, there were days where we would just be trying to go to lunch and would have to like switch cars, get a fake car, hide in the back of a car. I mean, just crazy things just to go eat, which I remember getting in a fight one day about I was so hungry and we like couldn't just go straight to a restaurant because if we did, we were going to be followed there. And I was like getting hangry in the car. <laughs> and, you know, these are just things. And this that... is with Brody or this is. No, this was with Miley. OK. And so. The, OK. And so you're you want to go eat. I always worry about. <laughs> I mean, like I, I can. That is one thing I empathize with with people of that level of fame. It's like you can't even just go do normal things. You're just like bombarded. Like that's got to be so exhausting. You got a little taste of it, obviously. Yeah, uh, it was bizarre. I mean, I, it's and, like a born identity. Right. And I guess, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it is it's just strange because and then whatever you're doing whenever you go somewhere is then like overanalyzed and turns into a story on its own. So I can see why people don't feel like you're living in a fishbowl. Want to be followed because, yeah. yeah, like everything is just too, right, becomes the story of your life that you didn't write. 
and you have no, you know, control over. So and then the, the the show is an added complexity because we're trying to tell the story on there. And then in order to get people to watch the show, you don't want to be really sharing too much of your own life outside of that. So the show kind of becomes your narrative. But the thing with the show and, you know, it, it's you kind of have to go along with whatever needs to work for the for the storyline of the show to make sense. So I, I don't know if you guys did you watch this season of The Hills? I have watched every season of The Hills and Laguna Beach. <laughs> I love I love it. I was a huge fan growing up. I watched that must all be of it. so crazy. I can't imagine like being on that show that I watched in high school. Well, that's another thing. I would have never in a million years thought that that was going to happen. Well, no. Mm-hmm. And, and I want actually want to say something in your defense. I have lived in L.A. and it's a small community. Like you go to dinner and you see you, you sit next to like, you know, you go to Craig's and JLo's there. And like, it's not like you're like, like you said, it's not like you're like concocting this. The, the community of the people here is small. Right. Back again to tell you about Ritual the multivitamin company you know, you trust. You've heard it here on The Skinny Confidential. And I am so happy because they launched a protein powder. I was so confused for so long about what protein powder to have in my smoothie. It was so frustrating to the point that I would just use spirulina and not have any powder. I felt like every single protein powder was filled with nasty rat artificial sweeteners, Um, And all these like different names that I didn't know. And that is why I am so excited that Ritual launched Protein because they are so upfront about what is in it. And I also like how it's plant-based. I am not a fan of any kind of whey in my protein. And this protein powder is plant-based. There's no whey in it. And it is it. I have been having it in my smoothie. Here's what I do. So I still do a scoop of spirulina. I do a lot of celery. I do a lot of cucumber. I do a little bit of ice, sometimes frozen bananas. It's so much better when the bananas are frozen. And then I do a scoop of ritual protein. So why I think you guys like it is it's very thoughtful how they built it. It's clean. It's plant-based. Like I said, there's 20 grams of pea protein plus a complete amino acid profile. It has a delicious handcraft vanilla flavor. So delicious. No added sugars or sugar alcohols. And like all ritual products, essential protein is soy-free, gluten-free, and formulated with non-GMO ingredients. So why not shake up your ritual? To make trying something new less scary, Ritual offers a money-back guarantee if you're not 100% in love. Plus, all our listeners get a 10% off during your first three months. You're going to visit ritual.com slash skinny to add essential protein today. That's ritual.com slash skinny. Well, yeah. And that, and, and finally I started to see some people saying that like, okay, she didn't just like track these people down to date them. They're obviously people who are in the social circle and this is just kind of how it's come together, which is, which is obviously the reality. So we had actually tried to not, the idea was floating around for a couple of years and it was always a no because we didn't really, neither Brody or I really wanted to do that. In hindsight, I actually feel like this past season of the show has been kind of fun to make because I went into it after that world when the last time I saw you when we, when we did Whitney's show. We did a live show at the Grove and you participated. Yeah, just give context. Yes. And so after that, I really kind of hunkered down by myself at home and with a therapist and spent a lot of time just working on myself and taking time to kind of reflect on who I really am. And it's hard to not lose yourself when you're in a relationship with someone else. And and I think between the few relationships I had in that period of time, it was really confusing to me. Like, what do I want? Who is the type of person I want to be with eventually? And just kind of get to a place where I was really good with myself. So by the time we started filming The Hills, I was in such a good place. I was like having the time of my life and nothing that anyone did or said on there could really phase me at all, which was great. So I was having a really fun time making the show. And then towards the end, and the reason I asked you if you'd watch the season was because, um, you know, in the end, the the last two episodes were kind of about me sharing my pregnancy news with Brody. And obviously we had a conversation in private. I mean, I hate to, <laughs> to ruin the illusion that like 
that was the moment on don't TV. Don't ruin my illusion, Caitlin. <laughs> what? Don't break my heart. I think it's real. I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble for this, for saying it, but whatever. Who knows if we'll ever have another season of The Hills anyway. I don't really know where that stands. So may as well say it now. We had talked, I had told Brody, and actually, here's some juicy, this is some juice for you guys. Okay. I love some good juice. Michael (laughs) actually does love juice. This one's kind of interesting because I actually hadn't told anyone that I was pregnant. I was probably only seven weeks. And I had, we'd gone on a trip to film to Tahoe. And I was feeling really shitty and... I needed to go home early from filming that night because we were filming when we're on trips for the hills, we're filming 18 hour days long. So at around 10, I was like, look, I need to go home and they just won't really let you go home unless you have a really good excuse. So I had to tell the showrunner that I was pregnant because I was like, you know what? She's going to find out eventually anyway. And I am probably going to be a little difficult to work with the next couple of weeks at least. So I should let her know. So I told the showrunner, and somehow Spencer Pratt got word. Somehow. Somehow. At when I was seven weeks. So like hadn't told my parents. And he went and told Brody like the next day. And so I got a call from Brody and he said, what's this news that you have that you're not telling me? What's the secret? There's something going on. And of course, I wasn't going to lie to him. Because that, I just think that would be a shitty thing to do. And I, I had planned to tell him, you know, he was one of the first people I wanted to tell anyway, just out of respect, because I continue to work with him. And a lot of people say to me, why you don't owe him any information? You don't owe him anything. You know, you guys are split up. But I don't, I think that that's the problem and why people have a hard time maintaining cordial relationships with exes is because they don't, like, they can't be bothered to have a mutual respect to just think, oh, maybe it would be polite to let, you know, this person know something that's probably going to have somewhat of an effect on them, you know, emotionally. It's not like he was devastated, but I still felt like I owed it to him to just tell him. So at that point, even though it was really upsetting that I like didn't get to just share the news on my own, Spencer had told him. So he actually found out really early. When you and Brody, you you mentioned this earlier, you guys had a very seamless split. Do you have advice to anyone out there that wants to... It seems you had a seamless split. Do you have any advice to someone that wants to keep things cordial besides, you know, just having open communication? Was there anything else that you think you guys did different? Because it does feel when when I'm watching the show that you guys are working together and you're friends. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what it looks like. I mean, I think that there's... We definitely maintain a certain distance and boundary from each other. We're, we can easily be in a room and hang out and have a good time, but it's not like we're going out of our way to hang out when we're not working. Does it bother you with all these your, all these friends that are like trying to get with him on the show? <laughs> or is that like... Well, the one thing that I will that say like, is that that was weird was just that I genuinely did not know what was going on with him and Audrina the entire time. So... It wasn't like, I don't think it would have bothered me, except I could just never get a straight answer out of them. And I was kind of like, why is this getting, why is this becoming a thing? Like, why aren't you guys just saying whether you are dating or aren't dating? I don't understand that. And then everyone else was talking about it and I just didn't. You just like felt out of the loop. Yeah. Well, it's wishy. It was wishy-washy. Yeah. I think that's what the actual answer was, was that they didn't have an answer because they were just kind of doing whatever they needed to do to fulfill their parts, you know? But yeah, you asked me before about all the other girls coming around too. And I, I I think that for me, because I was, I had moved on from the relationship, it just didn't really make a difference to me whether there were girls there or there weren't girls there. It was just kind of like Brody's Brody. I mean, I know the person that I was with. It wasn't really a surprise to me that that's like what he, how he decided to move forward with his life was dating other women. (laughs) I mean, you seem like you, have really evolved and done a lot of work on yourself to me. Like, it seems like you're in therapy. Like, I also have listened to your podcast. Like, you're very about mental health. Like, it seems like you are are constantly trying to grow. You strike me as someone like that. Well, I think I'm maybe uh, just the kind of person who can't ever sit still and can't be doing nothing. So if I have any time on my hands, I'm trying to come up with what I can do to either contribute. I think that that, and this is some advice that one of my friends gave me, which I feel like was really helpful was 
that the most, like the best you're ever going to feel and the most fulfilled you're ever going to feel is in all the ways that you're giving back or giving something to other people and to really kind of focus your time and energy on that. Because it's easy to turn inward and pity yourself or try to blame everyone else for everything. And I think that only when you try to take what it is that you're experiencing and learn and share that in some way or in some way try to help others or contribute to the world, you begin to grow and feel fulfilled. But I don't know if you want me to go back into the advice for breakups. Yes, go back into that. (laughs) And not that I'm in, in any way an expert, but I just feel like it just all goes back to respect. And I feel like that's just in general in in any relationship is like taking a second to think, okay, how can I handle, you know, these situations in a respectful way and just like taking a deep breath. I do think it helped that again, he and I were on the same page about going our separate ways, you know? So there wasn't like one person who was bitter about anything. Will he ever have kids? I don't know. Maybe, you know what happens when someone has kids in a friend group? It dominoes. Yeah, but I don't I don't think well, I think that's happening in my my friend group outside of him. But I I don't know. I mean, I think part of me feels like he always just said he wanted to have kids eventually just because that was what I wanted to hear. I don't know if he not to say that he can't change or grow into that eventually, but I mean from my experience, I feel like he's really happy living his life. Just yeah. And by if that himself. works for him, like whatever, like he's having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, if that works for him, that works for him. And you know what else I will say? I am like having a baby is no joke. I, <laughs> I don't know you, why. you don't say we just went to France for three weeks without a nanny. Oh my God, I know. Trust me. <laughs> well, I need to know more about that too. I need all of your advice because I really want to be traveling. I want to do everything. There's this toss up between like whether you live your life around the baby or the baby lives their life around you or whatever. But I'll, I'll, like to, I'll tell you our attitude. And people, <laughs> Some people don't like this, right? And if you... I literally don't care what anyone thinks about sure. our attitude on children. But, I could yeah, care yeah, yeah. less. Well, I don't yeah, care. That's been made abundantly clear, <laughs> yeah. I think, from okay. both of us. But I think I don't care. we always took the attitude of like the baby's coming into our life, right? Not mm-hmm. the other way around. And that's not to say like, we haven't changed routine, but we're not, we haven't been like, oh my God, we can't do this or we can't go to dinner or we can't travel. Right. It's like, if we got to travel, like strap up, baby, we're going. Right. Like if You'll we figure it out. Yeah, she's like, been to dinner. Remember when we were in Utah, she was at dinner until like one in the morning. I yeah, mean, she's I, like, she's, we bring her everywhere. We, like, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting now because we've seen it play out close to two years and it's not always the easiest, but like she'll sit at the dinner table with us and she'll, she'll get on a plane and she'll hang with other people. And I, like again, it's not me. But there's not like she's flexible. She's flexible, right. yes. And listen, sometimes she'll throw a fucking tantrum that's out of control. She'll be like, and I'll be like, okay, well. Which but- I've figured out that you say, "I'm sorry, you feel this way, and that this is what's happening," and then you ignore it. Okay, you that's can't a good, give it that's energy. A good tip. Yeah, you can't give okay. it energy. And then she'll that snap really out of it. sounds like, oh. a lot like how I would handle something anyway. Yeah, so. it's it's I, like I, here's what I'll say. Whatever way you pick, whether you go into the baby's life or they come into yours, there's pros and cons. Yeah, right. right? Exactly. So there's yeah. pros and cons. Like you taking lose a-, a lot of the like easy routine. Like we have friends are like the baby goes here. And yeah, she goes but we have friends time, that will that. literally go home from a party. Right. To That's give what I don't the baby a nap. No, I can't do that. I'm just not that type right. of person. Like the baby's bedtime is 530. We have to be home no. by that. Or like people will tell me like, no, her like hey, do you want to go to lunch? Like, well, at that time, it's the baby's nap. So I don't think I can do that. And we ring the doorbell. I make noise like when she's asleep like the tvs like she it's like i want her to sleep in anywhere yeah and she'll probably just become naturally adjusted to all of that because that's the way she has to live what's happened is because we've done it since the beginning like we were literally at we were in in france and like some of the lunch places they're obviously like they're playing loud music and people are partying obviously we can't party as much when we have a child we have wine and stuff and the baby just like fell asleep in the in the place with loud music around yeah. i think that's, that's how, nice because that's how i grew up too my parents were restaurant owners so i grew up falling asleep in a restaurant and like i can sleep anywhere here's the difficulty though. i wish i could do that no that's see, maybe, maybe that's your parents the, didn't yeah. take you to restaurants no, ask them here's what i would say theory that i think is very difficult for like people will say to us like how do you get the baby to do that and I think the answer is because that's how she's always been since she's been here. I think it would be very difficult if we were very structured and routine and then we brought her out of nowhere to a loud restaurant and said, go to sleep. She wouldn't do it. I so 
Like, I think you got to kind of pick your path. We did have a night nurse that was amazing. I know that's not for everyone, but I've been really open about it because I feel so many times influencers like act like everything's so effortless. And the night nurse really helped with was the night nurse every night. Because I actually have a call right after this with every night. a night nurse company, like a, a placement company. I personally think that that was a very great place to put money. I think people people value different things. I value my sleep and I can be more effective when I sleep. So to know that I have this brand new, gorgeous, fragile baby mm-hmm. in her bed and she's taken care of during the night gave me peace of mind and mm-hmm. not, like I'll pay for peace of mind. It gave me time and it gave me sleep. Okay, there is a class on Skillshare that I think everyone needs to check out. And it is by Jeremy Cohen and it's iPhone Portrait Photography. Build a photo series for social. Anyone who has a social brand, and I feel like there is a lot of people listening that do, needs to check this class out. I had my whole team go to this class. This is an absolute must. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Skillshare, I don't know what show you've been listening to. We have been talking about them for so long. Skillshare is an online learning community offering thousands and thousands of courses taught by people like you and me, all sorts of backgrounds and expertise. You can jump in and start learning pretty much anything very easily, all online from the comfort of your own home. It is one of the best services that we have come across since doing this show. What I love about it and what we love is being able to just jump in and level up on anything. Maybe you want to know about web design graphic design, video editing, how to make a podcast, how to be more productive. They have something for everyone. And like I said, easily accessible, taught by people in layman's terms, very easy to digest and very easy to level up. Every single person who's listening to this podcast is creative. I believe that. I believe everyone is creative. And I think it's so important to tap into that creativity, whether you're an artist or you enjoy paintbrushes or you're creative in a business way, whatever it is, you guys have to check out Skillshare. Honestly, like Michael said, there's no excuse. You can do this in the comfort of your own home. It's an online community. It offers membership with meaning. So much to explore, real projects to create, and you can also support fellow creatives. I'm telling you, this is a great place to also send your team. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com slash TSC and you get a one month free trial of premium membership. That's one month of a premium membership at Skillshare.com slash TSC. Well, keep in mind, like, Again, for us, I don't think there was another option because we both didn't stop working, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like it was like we had to work in the day and then we didn't, we kept, re- we never missed a release of a podcast. So like if we were staying up all night and doing this, like there's no way we would continue to work. And so you know, right. I didn't take a paternity leave. She took very little maternity leave. And so we need, we needed help. Yeah. To, well, to I've always, job. I mean, I've always thought, and I feel like it just kind of is common sense that a well-rested parent is obviously going to be a more effective and better parent. So if you can do that, then... I don't know. I mean, I'm interested to see. I, I want to get it in place and then see how the first couple of weeks are at home and see kind of what we need. And yeah, um, let's try it out. Just yeah. know, though, I will tell you this, though. I think the one that we hired, we had to hire her months in advance. So make sure in just in case, like, do you know right. what I mean? Because because if you get to the third week and you're like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. Make sure that there's someone that can relieve you. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm hoping if I have the conversation now, I can figure out some way to have them lined up. Do you have family in town? No. See, that was the d- other difficulty for us is we're the only two people in our family that are in L.A. Ooh, Everyone such else a is great either family in a too, I feel like. different state yeah. or different oh city. And so it's just the two of us. Like, we don't have a, we don't have grandma Your mom or grandpa out, to lean though, on. I feel like. They will. So my sister had a baby 12 weeks ago. And so my parents have been in full on grandma, grandpa. This is their first grandchild with him. And he'll be five-ish months when our baby's born. And so I was like, perfect timing for you guys to switch and yeah. come out to California and spend a chunk of time. And help They will. Us. They'll say maybe they won't now and then they'll see the baby. Oh, they say they will. I have mean, you I'm announced, so You've announced if it's a girl or a boy, right? It's a boy. I My sister did it by accident, but I mean, I didn't really care. I wasn't like hiding it or anything. She just accidentally wrote something about like she was so excited to meet her nephew. And then she called me. I didn't even know. I didn't even think about it when I read what she wrote on Instagram. I was like, oh, that's sweet. Whatever. 
And then she called me the next day and she said, I'm so sorry. I just saw these stories about how you're having a boy and I'm the one that said it. And I was like, I didn't even know. I didn't even God, the, even the press is like everywhere. Well, it's funny. Well, yeah, it's bizarre. Well, babies seem to make everyone really excited. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> I um, want to talk about the the writing piece that you did. I can't remember what magazine it was. It was L. L. It was such a beautiful piece and it resonated Thank so much you. with me because you you tried to explain in it and what you did, how you are attracted to energy. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so beautiful because I feel like we're in this this world right now where everyone wants to put you in a box and it's black and white. And sometimes, and especially with relationships, it's not always black and white. Yeah. I I, mean, I just would love to hear more about that piece and like how you wrote it and how you thought about it and what that was like and what the response was. Well, one of the things that I continue to kind of realize that I wish I had just, I don't know, it's, and I, I, it kind of sounds like I'm putting this on my parents, which I don't at all feel like they are in any way to blame for any of this. But I just feel like growing up, I never even knew that I had the option to, not that I had to be told to have, that I had the option, but I never really considered that I might want to date women or that I might be attracted to women in that way. And so it was actually really surprising and shocking to me the first time that this happened that I was like, wow, I have these feelings for this woman, but I, I wouldn't even, I, it didn't even register to me that they were like romantic feelings until I was in it. And then, and I look, looking back, I was like, wait, this is so obvious that I was romantically attracted to this person, but never, it just never clicked in my head. Cause I think my whole life I'd always been told like, you're going to date a guy, you're going to marry a man, you're going to have a family and da da da. And like, that was just kind of the route that I followed. And I know people kind of roll their eyes at the idea or like some people do of telling your kids like you can be attracted to whoever, like introducing this idea to them early on. Like you can date whoever you could be a boy or a girl. And I mean, everybody obviously has their own thoughts on that. But I actually feel like had someone said that to me when I was younger, I might have considered it earlier and maybe just had different romantic experiences because I feel like the my the the only relationship I've ever had with a woman like like legitimate relationship was probably one of the most emotionally fulfilling relationships it was a very different experience and I just kind of wonder had I been aware earlier on like what my romantic life would have looked like over the years so I don't know like at becoming a parent myself, I don't know that I necessarily would do anything differently, like tell my kids. We're also living in a world now where everyone talks about sexuality um, and gender fluidity and all of that so much more openly that maybe it's just going to become kind of a regular part of a, of a child's dialogue or a conversation as they're growing up anyway. I don't know. But it definitely wasn't for me. I don't really think it was for any of us our generation. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's kind of generational. So I don't know. I think just the writing the L piece was just sort of like my self-exploration into that and kind of like what I had learned about myself and that I feel like this has got to be the case for other people, like especially people from our generation or older that like you, there may be different sides to you that you don't even realize are there because you've never asked yourself that question. So I think my kind of goal with the piece was just to kind of present that challenge to people like, or even just the opportunity, like maybe you could, you'll find something about yourself that you never knew or um, that it's okay to just kind of be open to all these different possibilities and you don't necessarily have to fit into a box or fit into the path that you thought you would your entire life. Yeah. I, I thought it was such a beautiful piece. And I actually would give that to my daughter to read. I mean, it's something Thank that you. like you, it's it's so true what you say. It's it's more about energy and, and, and that and not just this like you have to date a girl. You have to date a boy. Right. I'm so happy that is changing. Okay, I remember when I was in high school and college and I would have to drive and park and stand in line to pick up my birth control prescription. This was very frustrating for multiple reasons. First of all, it was a waste of time. Second of all, it was gas. Third of all, I would run into like Sally from high school with birth control in my hands. 
And fourth of all, it was just a pain in the ass, the whole process. If I had had the pill club when I was in high school and college, I would have been set to go because with the pill club, you never have to make a trip to the doctor or wait in line at the pharmacy again. This is so badass. I mean, this is absolutely amazing. They have totally disrupted the space. They provide access to care from the comfort of your home and they deliver it to your door in discreet packaging. Oh my God. So no one knows what you're getting. You're not going to run into Sally. She's not going to start telling you about her daughter and, and blah, 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 blah. You just get to get your birth control without scheduling a trip to the doctor's office straight to your door. We are very into this. I feel like there's a lot of people listening who are very into this. No more standing in line, no more gas money, no more driving there, no more running into anyone. If you're on birth control, remembering to take your pills is already enough work. Already so annoying to have to remember that every single day. And going to the doctor in person is a real bitch. So now the pill club wants to help take the work out of taking care of yourself. The pill club is a birth control subscription prescribed by a medical professional and delivered straight to your door for free. Right now, when you go to thepillclub.com slash skinny, the pill club is offering a $10 donation to bedsider.org for every skinny confidential listener who becomes a patient. Your donation will help low-income individuals get access to birth control through bedsider.org. That's thepillclub.com slash skinny to get your first birth control care package and donate to help more women in need of affordable birth control. Remember, thepillclub.com slash skinny, you must leave the link to make a donation. I hope you guys love this as much as I do. Well, I think it's applicable to so many areas in life. I think like a lot of what we talk about here is not being, basically not being told that you have to stay in a certain box. And that could be not just be in relationships, that could be in your business, your career, that could yeah. be in like in anything, right? I think you go through life with these parameters, whether it's your upbringing or your school system or whatever, and you think like, these these are the guardrails that you have to stay within, and I th- and it's I think it could be very confusing to people, especially if your feelings and your intuition is counter to what you're being told, right? Well, I feel like another to your point that maybe just a more straightforward way of looking at it would be if you grew up in a house with two doctors as parents, yeah, and your entire life you thought you were going to be a doctor, and that was like the path in life that they had carved out for you, but you know maybe that's not actually what you want, and you don't realize that until you're way further down the line. I don't know. I mean, I just think that- Or like even other little things where it's like, you're told that at 25, you have to be married and have three kids on the way and like- Right. Well, that was another thing that I struggled with because I also felt like, and again, you know, my parents didn't do this intentionally, but that's just the life that they had. They had me at 25 and they lived in a small town in New Hampshire and their priority was having kids and raising them. And I think my family has been amazing and I wouldn't change anything, but I- but I do think that that was what I thought I had to replicate. And so I put a lot of pressure on myself and in turn my relationship to accomplish those goals on that timeline. And I just don't, it's just not necessary. (laughs) I mean, you don't need to do that. You don't need to follow the path that somebody set out for you or even that you've seen as an example for your life. Like you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. It happens in a lot of weird areas too. Like say you like grew up in a family that was, even if you like loop in politics, like maybe your family was conservative, maybe Mm -hmm. they're whatever. And like you grew up and like, those are my ideals too. It's like, you have no, you don't ever stop the question, but like, wait, do I actually believe this or like this? Or like, is this something that speaks to me? You just kind of like adopt what other people think. It's like this continuous cycle. I I, I love the message because I I think it's really important to get people to try to question their assumptions Mm -hmm. and their beliefs constantly and be like, wait, is this really like actually what I feel, believe? That's what I think I like about Caitlin so much as an influencer. I feel like you've showed us your journey and you've been open and you're questioning your own things and you've done it openly. And that's that takes a lot of courage. I mean, it's especially I always think about you guys and also housewives when the show airs you guys get this influx of all these people's opinions on your instagram and dms Mm -hmm. i'm sure is that difficult i think because of what you just said that i've sort of always just chosen to be really open about my life i kind of just owned the way i do things and i don't really give a whole lot of thought to like what people are going to think about them or not but certainly there are times where people will say things that sting or, you know, I mean, I almost feel like there are people out there who are really, really good at like 
honing in on someone's weaknesses or like their touchy, like the things that would bother them the most and just saying those things. So you just to mess with you. So, I mean, yes, in some ways, or just when you read things that aren't true and you're like, I just want to fix this. But the more you try to fix things, the worse it gets because then it turns into a, it spirals out of control. So I think having restraint can be a little bit difficult sometimes, but you, you experience it. I mean, I feel like. I, yeah, I experience it on a micro level. I'm not on television. That's a whole different. I mean, I've seen, I've even seen with housewives what people, they will like just Ugh. rip them down. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Instagram needs to, and this is a whole different conversation, but needs <laughs> to have some structure with the bullying. It's so out of control what people can do. And I, write. I honestly feel like I've gotten off pretty easy considering I feel like I get, uh, I have a lot of generally good. I don't know if it's, I've managed to just block the really bad people or what, but I feel like generally I have had a pretty easy, like, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I see a lot more of my friends on Instagram, like getting the most hateful, horrible things said to them for no reason. And it just blows my mind. Like, I don't know who has that much anger and resentment built up that they need to say these things to strangers. But I don't know. I mean, I honestly feel like you may know more, like you may have more of that experience than I do. I think that I actually kind of disagree with you, Lauren, on that Instagram needs to do something. I think the bigger thing that people need to do is they need to start talking. Like, I, I've been screaming this from the rooftops. People get so mad at me. Like, this is a, the people that are in that negative headspace and screaming and fighting on the internet are the minority, right? Like, you go out into the normal world, like, and people start acting like that. Like, those people are outcasts, right? You're like, a psychopath. Like, why are you screaming? <laughs> but like, they're loud on the internet and they're the voices that people focus in on the most because because they're aggressive. But if you think about it, it's all anonymous. It's all people sitting there, probably not in a good headspace. And I think to contextualize that, like when my daughter grows up, I'm going to be like, I'm going to contextualize it to that way to her. Be like, Hey, these people are not happy people. They're not in a good place that you probably feel some empathy for them. Like there's something going on in their world where like they're feeling that they need to lash out at a stranger online because something's happening with them. But again, like this is what happens in these like social ecospheres, like Twitter, Instagram. It's like, it's like one side fighting the other back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But I, I do believe like this is not the majority of people. Well, it's such a good it's actually a really good point, too, that you just brought up that if you saw those people, if they were behaving like that in real life, yeah, imagine everyone, going to a dinner. everyone would be like, what is up with this person? We don't want them around. We don't want anything to do with them. But then online and I hate this, but the people you always end up responding to are the ones that say those shitty things, you know, like the nice people. You're like, oh, thanks, 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 whatever. And then they, the people that say the mean things get the special attention where you really just have to. And I know, and it's the worst. It, it is. The, I, like, I just think that they're, they're the loudest, right? Mm-hmm. But they're, they are a minority. And when so- you have a baby, just make the boundary up front that you're not at request for coaching. Yeah. <laughs> because I've got I, I've gotten things about the car seat, the seatbelt. Listen, if someone comes to me and they're like, hey, like, I just want to let you know, that's fine. I'm, I'm open to constructive. <laughs> but when it's a fucking asshole saying something about something she's eating or I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Get off my page. Yeah, I'm not the blogger to come at about how to do something. I'm not going to do it by the rule book. I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So you'll see with a baby. It's and then you get like you get like protective of the baby. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I've been surprised because I did a I planned a picnic like a couple weeks ago for Chris and I just to go down to the beach and have dinner just because I feel like we don't really make time to do that as much right now. And I brought a bottle of wine for him and brie cheese that was pasteurized. But I like took a picture at the beach and it had the wine and the cheese in it. And I was just waiting for somebody to say something. And they never did. And I was like, you know what? Maybe people are growing a little bit. Maybe people are learning that like not everyone wants to hear your opinion on every single thing that they're doing. And by the way, <laughs> I had hopeful. I had wine like sometimes throughout my pregnancy. If you want to have wine and that works for you, like every everyone's got to do what works for them. Yeah. My doctor actually told me that early on that having a glass of wine here and there was no big deal at all. She's like, it's, it's fine. You just got to make that choice for yourself. And I feel like now... It's it's very different from I I feel like the the guidelines change all the time, but you know it used to be like you can't have cheeses at all, and now like everything's pasteurized. It's fine. Like I said you can't have sushi, salmon. I, my my friend was at the table who like really like follows all the rules, and I was eating like a lox bagel with like salmon on it and like like unpasteurized cheese, and she's like, "What are you doing? I I never felt sick. I don't know." Well, that's amazing. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll tell you the reason, the problem with this. So 
not that what you did was wrong, <laughs> but I was having a conversation with a woman and I was talking to her about how I had been eating. What had I been eating? Something that I wasn't supposed to. I think it was maybe it was like deli meat or oh, deli meat. like sushi. Oh, uh, fresh pressed juice. Oh my God. I had that every day. You're not right. supposed to eat that. No, no, you can. But it's just that like it, it's not pasteurized. Right. So that's the that's the argument against it. But I do it also all the time because, my, again, my doctor was like, if it's fresh, it's fine. Like you just don't eat juice that's been sitting out for days. I'm like, well, duh. Like you don't do that anyway. But I was talking to this woman and I was like, listeria isn't like a huge issue here. Right. Like I don't think it's really something that I'm going to have a lot of anxiety about, whatever. And she's like, yeah, yeah. And she's kind of nodding along to what I was saying. And then she starts talking to me a little bit about her kids. And I was like, oh, and how old are they? And she tells me. And then she said, yeah, but like one of them, I actually went into, I, I actually had to emergency deliver her like four weeks early because I got listeria. <laughs> and she has no idea how she got it. Yeah, but she's I'm like, sure I don't it's know from if it things was from with, yeah. cheese. I don't know if it was from juice. And she was just like a woman here in LA, like normal woman that you would, I mean, I don't know. There was not like she was living somewhere where you wouldn't think the the food would be clean. It was like, so that that was kind of a little wake you up. Do call your to best. Me. Do your best. Yeah. No, totally. It's all you can do. Yeah. You know. And I mean, I still I still eat all the same stuff. But my only thought on that was I was like, oh, I really just kind of put my foot in my mouth because I was like, oh, who like who gets the well, I think the bigger <laughs> thing is like maybe both of you with your platforms, you get held to this standard where like you got to be perfect all the time. Right. And it's just not realistic because none of us are. But I, and I think especially with you on TV, like as soon as people see anything that looks a little bit different or doesn't feel like it's completely perfect in their eyes, like they go on the attack. Right. But it's like at the end of the day, it's like we're just three random regular people right. like everybody else and we don't <laughs> fucking know and people get so mad sometimes because we have the platform like you got to be responsible with your platform like listen i'm some dumb shit that's just got a mic i've been doing this for four or five years like don't listen to everything i say if you disagree like fine i also think like it's you so have true. to be your own guru and do your own research i'm just sharing my experience and i'm allowed yes. to evolve and i'm allowed to like this today and not tomorrow yeah just like no, everyone have you ever been at a dinner with somebody that's like you, you like them your friend and they just say something really fucking stupid you're not like hey you have a fucking platform and a voice you better get it right it's you like, are listen, sitting at this I'm table i'm gonna misstep sometimes like it's just gonna happen Okay, so recently we moved to Austin and we were all about searching for a mattress. And the kind of mattress that I would recommend is an organic, non-toxic mattress. I have learned all about mattresses since moving and I am about that. And we were recently introduced to a company called Birch. Birch makes organic, non-toxic mattresses made right here in America and shipped straight to your door with no contact delivery, free shipping, free returns, and a 100-night sleep trial. I really like this because there's nothing worse when you get a mattress and you sleep on it for a month and you're like, oh my God, my neck hurts so bad. This is amazing because you can sleep on it for a 100 nights and you know that it's organic and non-toxic. You would not believe how many gross things there are in a lot of mattresses, but Birch Mattress sources from just four materials. So I looked into it and they use organic latex, organic cotton, New Zealand wool, and American steel springs. This is absolutely amazing. If you're looking for a new mattress for your guest room, I don't know, maybe your room, you have to check them out. Check out birchliving.com skinny. They have a 25-year warranty too, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up very seamlessly, but I know you guys will absolutely love it. And like I said, it's non-toxic. Birch also offers exclusive discounts for students, teachers, military, and first responders, which is so badass. Birch is giving $400 off all mattresses and two EcoRest pillows at birchliving.com skinny. I love these pillows, you guys. They're so comfortable. And I love the fact that when I lay my head down on this pillow, I am not breathing in anything nasty. That's $400 off all mattress orders and two free eco rest pillows. Go grab that while it's hot. I'm using my own code on this one and happy sleeping. Yeah. I, I mean, that's mostly me, I think, that's saying the yeah. stupid shit. But. <laughs> you, you just do your best. I really want to know because I know how much work goes into it, but it looks effortless. What a day in a life of filming. As you said, it's 18 hours. That is 
not a joke. Is it like you have to wake up for hair and makeup and then you have to stand around for two hours? Is it like a very, very gnarly day that I'm picturing? Well, when we're on trips. So when we do these uh, group vacations, you're shooting 18 hour days because they have you. I mean, the contract, the way that your time works when you're on a trip is different from what it is on a day to day. But yeah, I mean, when we're in Lake Tahoe, for example, a lot of it is just standing and waiting around. I feel like it's, you know, they're they're coordinating. There were probably three different crews at all times when we were filming. So whether they're rotating here in L.A. between people's houses every day or on a on a trip, um, the three crews are bouncing around to wherever different members of the cast are. I mean, it's a, the Hills is a big cast, so there's a lot of juggling schedules. And then you also have the cast themselves who are like, I'm not available that hour or whatever, you know, and they really try to be very accommodating to us as well. So it's a lot of standing around. I, I, some of the, I would say half the cast gets full hair and makeup. You can probably guess like who gets it. <laughs> um, like, Is it Spencer? There's only one. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if he does actually, I don't really know. I mean, for sure. Heidi obviously does. I think she's the only one who travels with hair and makeup. Everyone else, we pretty much do our own on the road. And then like at home, I'll pick occasions if there's some special night to do hair and makeup. But I just kind of do my own. I don't know. Who is your real best friend on the cast out of everyone? I would say it's probably probably Caroline DeMore, who was in this season. I like her pizza sauce. It's yeah, really it is really good. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So that's a that's a bonus because I have her pizza sauce or pasta sauce at the house all the time. I mean, I think she and I just kind of came into the show with the most in common at the time we were both single and we were just like trying to party and have a great time and like live life. But she also does have a daughter. And so that's also kind of been Chris has a six year old and Caroline's got a six year old. So it's just kind of been this really organic kind of growth in our relationship where like all of a sudden I've got a six year old to play with her daughter and we have a nice time in that sense. But I guess from the original cat, I would honestly still say I feel like Brody is the person that I'm the closest to. That's so cool. That's really, really yeah. cool that you guys can be like that. I mean, you guys work together. That's a lot. 18 hour days. I mean, that takes a lot of maturity. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, it's 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 fun. I don't know that we're like super mature, but <laughs> I mean, we we get along. We make it work. Let, you want to do know what I would do if we were filming a show together for 18 hours and we got a divorce? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna think about that. Yeah, it'd be really, really creepy. What would happen? Um, I should say Whitney too, but Whitney didn't really film as much this season. So unfortunately, because cool. I would love to have her around. And then Kristen Cavallari is like the one that I hope they'll always bring back because she's she's she would be. I feel like my favorite person for sure. Yeah, she is. She brings it. Yeah, she's a professional. Well, I also just feel like she's chill and fun and low maintenance and like just just there to have a good time. And She's like, also a very smart businesswoman. Yeah. When I did this book, there's a there's a bunch of different influencers in here that are like in the beauty world. And it right. was like pulling teeth to get a lot of answers from people. And I was telling Michael, the way Kristen Cavallari sent me her answers was so professional. I She, she strikes me as someone who's either going to do something to 100% or not mm -hmm. do it at all. Mm -hmm. And that to me is why she's running this huge business and she's so successful. She's She she doesn't seem to have like an ego. Like the questions were like huge meaty questions with high-res images. And like, it wasn't like that with everyone else. Not I'm not saying not. there were a lot of people that were like that, but it surprised me at how professional she is. Yeah. I mean, I can't say enough good things about her from my, you know, I'm particularly close, but from my experience, I feel like I would say the same thing. She just, if she's going to do something, she's going to do it wholeheartedly. And, but also I think she doesn't take herself too seriously. And like you said, there's no ego there. It's just, she's just taking care of business. Yeah having a good time. I, I think the audience would be mad if I didn't ask a couple questions about your wellness beauty. Okay. Do you have any wellness practices that you do? It could be little daily habits, breath work, meditation. Are there any practices that you do in the morning and night? Mine is a little bit more of a nighttime routine, but I feel like I do have a pretty religious nighttime routine. I, of course, wash my face every night because that was the one thing I never really knew growing up was like how important it was to just like how even if you don't wear makeup during the day to just get your skin clean and it feels so good. So I'll do kind of a little like nightly skin ritual. 
And then I do, and this has become especially important since I've been pregnant, 20 minute series of stretches and yoga every single night before bed. So I go upstairs like a half an hour before Chris and I'll do this, like wash my face, get into whatever I want to wear to bed and then do my 20 minute series of stretches. And it's just a YouTube video. I can send the link or put it. We can put it somewhere if people I want to do it. it. Will you send it to me? It's great. Yes, okay, we'll put I it will. in the show notes. It's, I feel like it's been life-changing and I feel like it's what's gotten me through any of the painful parts of pregnancy. Like these stretches just really have helped. And then I, when I get in bed, I always put lavender essential oil on, like on my wrists, on my neck, and I'll do a series of deep breaths, smelling the essential oil. And I feel like that puts me in a really good headspace. And then I actually listen to a headspace wind downs, like different, sometimes it's, um, uh, what do you call them? Their story. They they tell a story. Have you listened to that ever? Uh, Sleepcast. That's what it's called. I have not tried that. We have um, Hutch. What's that thing? What's the, the thing? Hatch. Hatch. Yeah. But I think similar, it's similar. Yeah. It's similar. similar. It, it talks to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, like, a, yeah. it's like an alarm light, but it does. It, you can put different um, things on there like to wind you down. Okay. And it changes the light as it's winding yes. you down. Yes. Yeah. We have one of those in Chris's son's room. Steal it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also want one for the baby. So maybe it'll, yeah. yeah. But Headspace has these sleep casts and you can listen to them and they just tell you, they tell you a story and they're really charming stories. Like one is about a rainy day where you are in London and it starts raining and you run into this antique shop for cover. And then it talks you through the antique shop and you just hear the sounds of the rain outside. And it's like this really dreamy kind of, I don't know, they're just random stories, but they work every time. So that's kind of my little my little night here routine. And beauty. What are your beauty tips? Like your favorite brow powder, skin, I don't know, mascara, spray tan, anything like that. So I kind of cut out all the, I don't know what the best way to describe them is, but I sort of, I kind of switched to this very clinical skincare routine. And, um, I, the brand is called Environ. And it's it's Environ and then also Image Skincare, which you've pro- you're probably familiar with. But they're both clinical brands. They're not like super cute packaging or anything, but they're just so effective. And my favorite part of that routine is like a retinol series. They have levels one through five of a, a retinol moisturizer. And I feel like that moisturizer has completely transformed my skin from I just always had bumps and weird discoloration and just sticking with that regimen. It's really simple. It's like this vitamin C serum, their vitamin C serum environs with the retinol uh, moisturizer. And then there's a something called a, a revival mask by then. And between those three products, I feel like it's just those have completely transformed my skin. It's probably been a year and a half I've been using them completely addicted. I'm going to look into that ASAP. What are you working on right now? What's your day-to-day projects, podcast? Tell us the fun things. The Hills actually, believe it or not, really just finished filming right kind of towards the end as you were watching it. So I really transitioned from working on that to kind of full-time just preparing for the baby and spending time like getting settled in the house and working on that. I'm also in the process of developing a wellness brand, kind of taking into account all these things that I've been learning. And I don't know if you guys ever have been out to the We Care Spa in the desert here. I keep hearing about this. So I've been several times and they teach you these really kind of basic holistic principles for wellness that are so easy to implement in your life, but I feel like nobody really knows about them. And so taking some of what I've learned there and then just in life in general and kind of combining them into a a wellness brand, because I feel like there are simple things that I share on a daily basis with like friends and family and whatever that everyone that is like completely just no one knows about it, but it's so simple and straightforward. And I feel like there's a reason like everyone should know. So that's a brand that I'm in the process of conceptualizing right now, just like projects here and there. The podcast is on a little bit of a break. But if Um, people can listen to it, it's up. Yes, it's still available. So you can listen to it on, I mean, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts. And it's called The Bright Side. The Bright Side. And it's Mm -hmm. on all different podcast apps. And where can everyone find your Instagram? Pimp yourself out. My Instagram is at Caitlin. It's just K-A-I-T-L-Y-N-N. 
And that's really kind of it for me for now. When you launch your brand, come back on. I've I have no doubt you'll launch it. You're much an executor. So Thank come you. back on come when back you're on, launched. Bring me the juice. Yeah, yeah. bring yes. Michael. The, Michael loves the juice. Michael loves the hills. Congratulations <laughs> on your pregnancy. Congratulations you. to you and Chris. Thanks. Text Thank me you if you have any questions. Me. Oh, I Thanks will. I'll be texting. Yeah, you. text me if you have any questions. Thank you guys. Are you a blogger or a business that wants to win the blog do ebook? All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode with Caitlin Carter on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick. Make sure you've rated and reviewed the podcast if it's brought you any kind of value. And someone from our team will drop into your DMs and you will get the blog do ebook that shares all my tips and Fashion Lush's tips. It's everything put together for you. With that, we'll see you on Wednesday. We'll all see you on Wednesday with the Get the Fuck Out of the Sun podcast. We have a fun guest. And then on Thursday with the Him and Her podcast.